Um, so yeah, like Ann said, we had two last two weeks of phenomenal messages, and I'm honestly freaking out because I don't know how this is gonna go. I know it's gonna be good, but I don't know if it's gonna be really that good. But that's okay. I'm just gonna give you my heart, and um, I know that it will. I just trust God that it will just penetrate you the way it needs to, and your spirit, and your heart, and things too. So, um, so like he said, last two weeks he talked about being good sons and daughters and what that looks like, and. And so that's just still resonating in me, and just I'm still praying about that and getting there, you know. And so, um, but what what that what that links to is what I want to talk about today, and that's just family, family. And we've said it for so long here that that you know this church just feels like family, and really it does, and that and we mean that. Um, but you know, over the past couple years and stuff, it's like, well, what what does family really look like, and what does that really mean? And, and so just Anna and I, as we've been talking, we've just been kind of going back and forth as, as we've experienced different things, as different, as different things have happened, as we've had different situations with people in our natural family and our spiritual family and stuff. We're like, well, you know, like what really is what, like family, what is that, you know? And so I just felt like today I'm just going to take some time and just really biblically talk about what family, what God intended family to be and how that looks in a just in the natural and then also in the spiritual, you know? And I just feel like the more that we align with heaven, I mean, the more glory comes, right? And so as we align as a son or a daughter, then as we begin to align as a family unit and what our role looks like in the family, and then like in the church, what that looks like, aligning as family in the church and how that looks and just, you know, really aligning with heaven we're just going to start to see even more breakthrough and just more of his glory. We're going to start to see his community be reached and all these different things and stuff. So so let's just go there. Let's just talk about family today. And, and so I just want to start. Um, I think that we need to crack. Let's just wreck what we think family is. So just agree that you're willing to have some of your thought patterns changed. Okay? So just be willing for that. Because the truth is, we all grew up in some sort of a family, and so what happens is, we begin to think that the family we grew up in is what family means. And so then we start to take it into different situations in our life, like we bring it into the church, and we think church family, and so we think what our family was like growing up is what the church family is going to be like. Whether we really acknowledge it in our minds, we may not realize we do, but we take some of those things that we're used to when we were young, and maybe assume that that's what a church family might look like, just because that's what we do as, as humans. It's like anything else. When If we have an experience seeing our mother and father in a situation like whatever that might look like or how our father was in our life, um, how many of you have heard us talk about that tends to be what we equate our father in heaven to be like? So it's just like we take what we've learned and, and what we've experienced and kind of allow it to dictate what we walk out. You know what I mean? And so... I just want to start by saying, you know, my like, what was my family like growing up, and uh, and just kind of go from there. And then, and then, you know, if you've heard me speak before, you know that I like lists, and I like bullets, and so we're gonna do that again. I promise not to be as long as I was the last time. I told Anne, I'm like, I'm scared. I'm gonna talk too long this time, so I'm watching the clock. But um, so just just for those of you who may not know, or maybe I just haven't shared it before. Um, I grew up, I'm the oldest of four kids, and I grew up with 
my parents never divorcing, never, no abuse, nothing like that. Like, I, I feel like just a very, like, good traditional Christian. We grew up going to church, like, all that kind of stuff. Just a really solid um, home. And so it, it was like a home filled with honesty. There was no deceit. Like, I can't even think of a time where I found out something and I was like, you know, it just was none of that. It was just total honesty, um, involvement. My parents were involved in like all of the things that us kids did. They were at all of our games. I, I know like how many of you have little kids who play like maybe t-ball or softball or something. You're like, this is torture. <laughs> Especially when they're young, like for softball, my parents, as I, after I grew up, it was like, they said it was torture because in softball, especially with girls, it's like every pitch was rolling across home plate and like kid after kid was getting walked and there was no action and the games were like three hours long and, and so I'm so grateful that they were involved and they were willing to come and didn't just be like, you know what, I, I just have to do this tonight instead. So that's just something else that I took from that. Um, just integrity. It was a home of integrity. I never, I never saw anything being said this and then it was portrayed differently. Like. I'm just giving you like examples of the things in my life that I that I saw, and then there was the purity was never an issue. It was just like, and as a matter of fact, it was put. I don't know how, but like unspokenly, like purity was always like a big deal for us. Um, and then obvious, and then like another thing that well, I say obviously, but for us it was just love. Like we knew we were loved. We knew that our parents loved us. But like as I've been along this journey, I've learned that there was maybe not like it wasn't such an affectionate family, like not a lot of hugs or, you know, and, and like now I look at that, I'm like, I mean, we were like all over our girls. They're probably like, they're not for me, but so, so that was a piece that was missing that I feel like God has revealed to me, you know, because I, like just on a tangent, it, it prevents me from allowing myself to have, like receive affection and be a good receiver in that way and just different things. And, and so um, we knew we were loved, but you know, it, it maybe wasn't shown as much. As, as we do as I do now with my kids so those are the good things that I took for my family so like as I'm sharing this I just just encourage you to like be thinking like be open to like your family life as you grew up and and just the good and the bad and how that affects you and just the way you think of things so some of the cons okay totally non-communicative is that a word like crazy stuff could be happening like in my aunt and uncle's house or whatever and it was never talked about. And like years later, you find this out, and you were like, and I'm like, you know, there was just no like communication whatsoever. If there were bad times happening, like it just wasn't talked about. And so I don't know if that was just like a protective mechanism, or if that was just because we don't want to address it. Like I don't know. I don't know what that was. But again, like as I go through my journey in life, I'm finding out that that is not good. It's not okay. Um, but on the other end of that, you know, when Anna and I got married, his family is like very communicative. And so we got to figure out how that was going to work because I was way over here and he was way over here. So we had to kind of come together and work that out for us, you know. But, um, okay, another thing, I kind of already talked about this, is non-confrontational. So it was like rarely was there ever any confrontation, but the bad part of that was like when there was, like it was. Like it was, you know, it was like going along, everything was chill, and all of a sudden, you know, you're just like, whoa, what just happened? Run to your room and hide kind of a thing. And so, you know, just like the inconsistency in that and just um, more so with that in the house, but also, you know, I felt like I was made aware of a lot of like issues, like if my parents were upset about something 
or if they didn't like how something went, whether it was like in the classroom with teachers or if it was the church we were at or whatever, we would maybe hear bits and pieces of that, but then, and we would know that there's frustrations there, but then, but then it was never like resolved on their end. And so kind of what that taught me, I think was just like, you know, kind of not doing what the Bible says, and that is to go to someone if you haven't ought, you know? And so it was kind of like a little bit wacky, so I've had to work through that. So that was just something else that I thought of. And then the last thing is, you know, I feel like I'm learning that our home was like really performance-based. So just like, just high expectation. And I know that that came from a place of like just wanting us to succeed and wanting the best for us and all that stuff, but pair that up with like, when you messed up or it wasn't like here, that it was just like this whole thing of like, oh, like let down type of thing, you know? And so anyway, I just, I feel like just sharing some of that with you just so you kind of know where I'm coming from when I talk about all this, but also just to encourage you to like evaluate what, what was it like for you? Like what were the pros and cons of your family? Okay. So, all right. So I just want you to think like what, how would you define family? Don't yell it out. Just like think of that in your mind. But like, what would your definition of family be? Because that's what will dictate, you know, us as we as we go along in life. So, I look it up in Wikipedia, and so Wikipedia says that family is the basic unit for raising children. So that's like all it said. So it's just like, you know, I'm pondering on that because I definitely believe that that plays a huge role. But there's so much more family. There's covenant, there's love, there's joy, there's so many other things to that. But the basic unit for, ra for raising children is important because like going along with the sons and daughters thing, it's like, who, what are we raising? Who are we raising? Whether it be our natural kids, our spiritual kids, and, and the examples that we have, you know, um, who, what kind of kids are we raising up? And so then I start thinking like, what, what's God's example of family? Like in the word, where do we find that? And so. Just, I just want to, I have a ton of scriptures for you today that I'm going to refer to, and I'm going to go fast, so I don't expect you to like follow along with me, but, um, so, so when I think of family, I think of, think of the Father, but the first family, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay, and, and in John 5, 19, uh, Jesus says, I do what I see my Father doing, because, uh, very, very truly, I, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So right there I know that we work together. And we're willing to acknowledge what our fathers do. Right? So I want you to think about it naturally and spiritually. And, uh, and just, uh, you know, whatever you need from that. But, like, we're willing to see what our fathers do to follow that and stuff. And, um, and then in John 14, 26, so that's like the father-son working together. And then in 14.26 it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. And so here again we have the Father sending the Spirit. They're working together. And the Spirit is so connected to the Father that he is able to teach all things and show us all things because he just has the heart of the Father, right? And so, so that's just a good example of how family is just working in perfect unity right there. And that is something that we can we can attain it. I'm just saying. I'm like I'm here to tell you. I believe that like in our households we can. That's something that we can attain. And the church, like here among us, that is attainable. Because I feel like we sit here sometimes and it's like, well, I can work with this person, and I can serve with this person, but I'll just kind of stay away from what that person's doing because we just don't get along. And that is not God. 
at all. He wants us to get along with everyone. He's wired us to be able to get along with each other because we're all his kids. And, and his will is for us to get along. Um, okay, and then in John 16, 3, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. And so again, it's the spirit and the father just working together in that perfect unity. And so um, I think Aaron was told me this other night. He's, he's working on a book. And he was reading me a piece of his book. And one part of his book is talking about family. And I was like, don't, I don't want to read it. He's like, you really should read it. It's really good stuff in your family. And I'm like, I want my own family stuff. But he did read me a couple things. And one of the things he said, I don't know if you heard this from someone or not, but it, he said, if God wanted, if God wanted something other than family, he'd ask us to call him something other than father. Right? So that's what we call him. And so it's just so good. I'm just trying to just show you the value that God has on family and just the importance of it. We cannot... I don't feel like we can get to the next level in any area of our life if we're not willing to invest in family and to just really fight for the unity of family. Um, and so think of the story of Noah and the ark. So God destroyed everyone else, but Noah was the one that was pleasing to him, right? Noah was the one that was like good. God was like, okay, I'm going to save Noah. But not did he just save Noah, he saved his whole family. And I just think that that's, there's something to that because because God valued that family. He knew the importance of that. He probably could have picked someone from over here or someone from over here and then Noah. But he really, he had the importance placed on the family and so shit, he saved Noah and his family. And then I was like, okay, so there's all the, like, that stuff. But like in Revelation, it talks about heaven. And so what does family really look like in heaven, you know? And so in Revelation 7, 9, through 10, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so, to me, that right there, perfect visual. All different people, from all different places, and all different walks of life, and all different things, in unity, doing what? Worshiping God together. There was no problems. There were no odds. It was pure. It was free. And they were all together doing it. And so I just feel like we know that his will is on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, that's what it is. It's unity and freedom all worshiping together. And so it can happen here. Okay. So, um, let's see. Let's, uh, let's, okay, so I wrote this. So let's crack our bad thought patterns in mind. Okay, so just put your hand on your head right now. I'm just gonna pray over your thought patterns, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about what what family is and isn't. Okay, so God, right now we just are open to cracking bad mindsets, Lord. We just say that we are just open, Lord, to receiving what family looks like and your desire and your word and what heavenly family is, God. I just thank you right now, God, that we we are hearing and seeing what the Spirit is saying in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm asking God, I'm like, okay, God, so I'm like, I told him, I'm like, every time I speak, I like to build it on a story in the Bible. I was like, getting nothing. I'm like, whoa, I can't find, you know? So, so just a couple days ago, I'm just, God, like, what, what, what is it, you know? And instantly he says, family is love. Period. I'm like, yeah. And then I thought of 1 Corinthians 13. 
And so it defines everything that love is. And I, I felt like God was saying, everything that love is in 1 Corinthians is family. Okay? So that's what we're going from. We're going to go from this. So we're going to start out. And it says, the first two things it says, love is patient and love is kind. So family is patient and family is kind. Keep that in, your, in the back of your mind. We're going to go there in a minute. But here, then it goes on to say what love does not do. Okay, so this might be a verse you want to stick, sit on in your Bible, but it says, <clears throat> it does not envy, right? So family does not envy, that means it's not jealous. And, and so when I'm thinking of that, I'm thinking of what kind of, I want to give my life examples, and I'm going to move quick. But to me, jealousy also leads to like comparing. When we compare ourselves to someone else, inevitably, it's because we have jealousy issues. There's something that we're jealous of that they have or that they do or whatnot. And so we have to know that in family, there's no comparing. It's like we're the body, you know, there's each doing a different thing. And so no, no jealousy and no, no comparing and no competition. Like if you know who you are, it doesn't, it, I'm like so happy that, you know, you're doing awesome and things are going well for you, you know? And so there's, there's no competition, no comparing. It's so freeing when we, when we get that. Um, it says, it does not boast. So we're not to go around and be, you know, boasting about all these good things. Is it, does it say that, that we are overcomers by the word of our testimony? Yes. That's different than boasting. Boasting is going around just bragging and, and you know, puffing yourself up, basically. Um, it goes on to say it is not proud, okay? So no pride. I just, I, right now, I just cancel out pride right now in the name of Jesus because... Sometimes we walk in different uh, points in our life, and what happens is we start to build up pride in us, and so it doesn't. And, and so what it does is it cuts us off from going to where God has us for the next level. We get to a certain place, and we're like, "I'm good," you know. Well, I've done this, I've done that, blah blah blah, and then it just totally stops us from moving to where God's taken us. And so it is not proud or prideful. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, "Pride ends in humiliation, while humility brings honor." So just be, check your heart. Just just check your heart. Just right now, God, we just receive your humility. Let us just be humble people who walk before you in, in humbleness. So next, it says, it does not dishonor others. And, and so for that, I was thinking like, dishonor gossip. Yeah? And so any time, I just encourage you, whether it be your natural family or spiritual family, because the devil would love for you to be kind of like annoyed by something or see something and you and you think it just doesn't sit well with you and would love for you to call somebody on the phone and be like, hey, did you notice that? What did you think about that? That's not good. That's gossip and that's just planting seeds of discord. And even if it's like your family that you live with or your spiritual family here at church, like we, we can't have it. We cannot have it because that's just something the enemy would love to plant a seed. And so the next time that that person comes up to you, maybe they have a word from the Lord for you. And now all of a sudden you have this bad seed in your mind and you can't receive the word of the Lord. See how it affects you? So, so we just, we can't dishonor. Um, next, it says, it is not self-seeking. And, and so in that I'm thinking, this person who's self-seeking is saying, what can I get? What can this church give me? Like, it's about me. And so what can you do for me? What can you give to me? What can you do for me? Me, 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 That's not family. Family is looking out for what can I do for you? How can I help you? How can I be a blessing for you? How can I pray for you? How can I lift you up? How can I encourage you? 
how can I um, how can I have you on my mind on a Wednesday at two o'clock when I don't know what's going on, but I'm thinking so much about other people and I'm so in tune with God, I'm not thinking about my problems that suddenly God reveals to me that you need me to reach out to you. Yeah, so so no self-seeking and no thinking about me. Um, also edifying, just lifting up others up. If we're only thinking about ourselves, we're missing out on somebody else's destiny and we can't speak into their life and we can't push them. I just, like, for my kids, if all I'm thinking about is myself, I can't speak life into them and say, you are called to do great things. You, Because if I'm all worried about my problems, I'm missing out on speaking that to them. And then how are they going to walk in the destiny that God has for them? Same thing here. In your ministries that you're a part of, or even if you just are here on Sundays or whatever, we're here to, like, push each other into our destiny. And I forget who it was, maybe Jamie Van Gelder, I'm not sure who it was, but said, when, when somebody gets a prophetic word, we do it over the microphone so the whole body can hear it, so that we can hold each other accountable to the destiny that God just spoke over them. And so if we're only self-seeking and, and focusing on ourselves, we're, we're forgetting to remind them and others what their destiny is. So, okay. Um, next one. Keeps no record of wrong, right? Or did I skip? No. It is not easily angered. It's not easily angered. Um, this is so powerful. No oughts. We need to forgive. Um, we can't say we forgive someone and then hold it against them. So we can't say, I forgive you. I know that when you did that, you know, you were just being stupid, whatever. And then still hold it against them for a week, a month, five years, ten years. We, how's that? We can't do that. Like, what if we, we can't do that to our kids? Like, God doesn't do that to us. I mean, we're in bad shape if God did that to us. And so we, we really need to, to keep no record of wrong. Just grace. Just so, just have grace for, over people. And, um, and so, let's see, do I lose my spot there now? So no odds and forgive. Um, Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. And, and one thing I know is, like, if you leave a church, I, I, I was just thinking of this this week, when you leave a place and you have oughts and hurts and unforgiveness in your heart and you try to go to another church, it's not taking care of it. Because inevitably you're going to find those same hurts and things at the next place you're at. And so you have to address them and take care of them. And that's what that scripture is saying, that it, uh, an angry person will start fights. Like holding on to those things will, will intrigue or start fights. Um, and then Matthew 18, 15. If a fellow believer hurts you, I just this is such a good verse. I mean, we let's just get this in our spirit. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell them. Yeah. Go and tell them. Go and tell them. Work it out between the two of you. That's Matthew 18, 15. Go and tell them. I mean, it's okay. It's so much better. To go and tell them than to sit there and let it just stir and stir and stir and take you down and poison you and destroy your destiny because that's what it's doing. And so just like in the spiritual, like in the church family, like if somebody's hurt you, go to them. Get rid of it. Get it off your chest. Be free. It's just this is just such good stuff. Just do it. It's just it's just us actually like being here and just saying, okay. And doing it. That's that's how easy it is. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, and then oh, and then Matthew five twenty three through twenty four. 
says, this is how I want you to conduct yourselves in these matters. If you enter a place of worship and about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend, and make things right. So, if you, because I've been in situations before, if you hear that you've hurt someone and you've done something to someone, I've heard people be like, well, they were on against me, they just supposed to come to me. Well, that is true. But if you hear about it, this is saying, go to them and make things right. And just say, I, I am so sorry. If, like, I, I heard that you're hurting by something I did or said. Please forgive me. Work through it. Because anything we hold on to, the enemy's going to take and run. And then there's no unity there. So there's two sides to that. Okay. Um, family does not delight in evil. You know, the prodigal son came home and the father wasn't, you know, mad about it. He was happy, right? Um, <clears throat> and then angels rejoice when sinners repent. So we be joyful about it. We don't delight in the evil things, but we're joyful when people are coming back. Okay. Um, then I just want to spend a couple minutes just talking about, like, what does the spiritual side of, or no, both, spiritual and natural, like, what family is. Okay, so we've, now we've addressed all of that it's not. There's a lot of, of other things that it's not. Those are the basics right there. Those are so good. Um, family is patient. Remember? The very beginning. Family is patient. We make allowances for each other's faults. This is a great verse as well. Listen to this. Get it in your spirit. Just grab it up. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Patience. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. We've got to do it. It, it, it. It's just, we've got to do it. We have to make allowances for each other's faults. I'm going to mess up. I'm probably going to offend you. I'm not trying to. But I may do something or say something that does. And, and so just like, please make allowances for that. Make allowances for your kids. Oh my gosh. Um, one night this week we were sitting at the table and I forget. We were eating and Chloe's like, she's kind of like clumsy sometimes. And she just like wink and knocked over a glass of water and it was everywhere all over the table, leaking through the crack in the table. And it's like immediately when I'm like, Chloe. <laughs> You know, and, and so both him and I were kind of like, we didn't say anything, we sat there. And we were waiting to see if she was going to like move and get a towel. And then we're just like, hey, do you want to um, you wanna get a towel and clean up your mess? You know, you made a mess, you cleaned it up, that type of thing. And she did, but there's so much power in that. It's just, it seems like such a small little thing. There's so much power in that. Because I could have been the one that knocked a cup over. I mean, I've done it before. So we're making allowances for each other's faults. Um, there's peace and there's grace. Okay, family is kind. Family rejoices in the truth. A big deal for us in our house, we say it all the time, is, you know, open. we're, op we're open and honest. Openness and honesty. Openness and honesty. And, and so we need to create an atmosphere in our homes and also here where it's safe yeah. to be open and honest. So we need to be able to go to someone and, and be hurt and say, like, we're hurt. We need to feel safe to tell you. And know that you're not going to lash back with a hundred reasons why it's wrong of me to be hurt. Right? right? We need to be able to say that. And our kids, our kids need to be able to come home and tell us, I got on yellow card today. Or orange card or whatever the behavior system is. And us not lash back and say, well, what did you do wrong? Well, that's how, we, you know, sometimes we're like, what did you do? But th there needs to be a safe place for it to be open and honest. And same in the church and at home and all places. Okay. Um, just going along the lines of truthfulness, like, no half-truths. 
Let's not leave out pieces of the story, right? Let's just tell the whole thing. Let's just be open and honest, and also like deceit. I feel like this, the, the, the enemy really latches on to like deceit yes. and, and, and manipulation. And so when we can say something to kind of manipulate it just a little bit, we didn't lie, you know, but we kind of manipulated it a little bit to make it sound better, that's not being open and honest. And, and when people start to realize that you're being manipulative, that's not a safe environment anymore. And so just like, let's cut all that out, like the manipulation stuff. And again, this all goes back to, what was your family like when you were young? Did you have a father who was manipulative? Did you, you know, did you see your dad manipulate your mom? Did your did your mom manipulate you? Whatever. Um, but but truth is not manipulative. Okay. Um, family protects their safety and nurture. We look after each other. You know, God got a little bit upset with Cain when he, because he came to him, obviously when he killed him, but also when he was like, "Where's your brother?" Because he was expecting him to look after him. Right? And so in a family, we look after each other and we protect and we nurture each other. Um, families trust, trust, family hopes. I love that. Now remember, I'm going back to the First Corinthians thing. You know, trust, hope, hope, dream. Let's dream together. Let's encourage each other to dream together. You know, Aaron's always like so good at dreaming. He's really like unlocked that in me. I'm still, still working on it. But like he'll tell me stories where he starts to talk to somebody he's with and they just start dreaming together. Start talking about all this stuff, and I'm just it's like, it's awesome. And so, would we have a, such a great atmosphere going on that we can hope together, we can dream together? That's just like heaven. That's what a heaven looks like. Um, family perseveres. We never give up. We don't walk away. We don't threaten to quit. I am sorry, but we cannot. We cannot tell our kids, "I'm done. I'm leaving." I'm. I'm telling you right now. I'm so guilty. Like sometimes I'm just like, I'm done. And yeah, I'm just like literally in that moment, I'm done. But but that is creating um, uncertainty in them. Because then it's like, well, what does she mean? Like, what does she, she mean she's done? Like, is she leaving? Is she not going to parent me anymore? Right? It creates this uncertainty. And our kids need to know that we're committed and we're not walking away. That's a covenant. Like, when we talk about marriage, it's a covenant. I'm not walking away. When we say we're family, it's a covenant. It, we're not walking away. We don't get offended and then hit the door. Like, that just can't happen. We can't do it because that's what the enemy, I and mean, of course that's what the enemy would want to just, everybody hit the door and be done. So we're not going to threaten that. We're not doing that. We're going to persevere through it. Um, family is not easily offended. Okay? Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. In Matthew 11, 6, it says, And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Um, so we're actually blessed when we're not offended. What, was it Was it Aaron or who was talking about, like, Jesus was never offended? So we can't, whenever you start to get offended, just, no, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, yeah. I'm not offended. And here's the great, like, this is, this is, I just have, I cannot wait to share this with you. I wanted to say it last week, but I just had to just had to wait till today. So listen to this. If you write anything down, write this down. Just write this down. This is so good. So Todd White said, it's just so good. If they, they, meaning whoever hurt you, hurt your feelings, did something to hurt you, whatever that may be, if they knew who they were when they hurt you, they never would have done it. If they knew who they were when they hurt you, they never would have done it. But, 
If you knew who you were when they hurt you, you never would have got hurt. <sighs> okay, I'm going to read that again. Because there's still my feel about that. If they knew who they were when they hurt you, they wouldn't have done it. Because if we know our identity, we know who we are, we don't hurt people. Right? Intentionally. And, and if I knew who I was when they did it, I wouldn't have been hurt. I cannot tell you that in the two weeks or three weeks that I've heard that, that I have had that, had to have walked myself through that in my mind. Because already I've had people do things to me, um, just hurt me, just hurt me. But I had to stop and shut that thought up and say, I know who I am and I'm not hurt, I'm not offended. Isn't that good? Oh, it's so free. Just walking through, and when people are doing those things to you, knowing that if you know who you are, you can't, you can't be hurt. You know? And if they knew, it allows you to have so much grace over what they did because they knew who they were and they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, so good. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll kind of stick with that for a minute, but also, like, it forgives. And so that ties right into it because we can forgive. Because there's grace to know that if they, if they knew who they were, they're just so lost. They don't know their identity. Yeah? And so we were there. Like, we were in that place, too. We've hurt people. And so if, if we knew, you know, who we were, we would forgive. We would forgive. And it would be that much easier. And so Colossians 3.13. got to make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I've had so many conversations this week with people who are like, I don't wish them in hell, but I wish them dead. I mean, like, so angry and so unforgiving. And I've just been through so much in my life, like, um, just different encounters and experiences and different things to know that I, if God didn't forgive me, uh, there is like, I would be in a bad place. And so who am I to not to not forgive someone. You, we cannot walk around and not forgive. We can, it's your choice. But we can forgive. And if God forgave us, Jesus died for us before, he didn't do anything. You know? And so that's just so powerful. It allows us to forgive and to know that, um, you know, people are hurting and, it's, and they, need a, they need our forgiveness. They need us to represent him well. Right? Um, okay, family receives correction, discipline, and criticism. Um, Proverbs 29.1 says, Whoever stubborn, stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. We went through a season where we were like, heavy, 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 in criticism. Not, not necessarily criticism, but basically what it's saying is just discipline and uh, correction. We went through this big season of that. And then we got to hop into the season of, well, we're not going to address it, no, no discipline, no correction, you know, love, 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 which is awesome. But we got to now kind of come to the place where the Bible says that if you refuse to accept criticism, you'll be, you'll be destroyed beyond recovery. And in Proverbs 19, 20, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Yeah. It's so good. It's good for our natural families as a, as a child and also as a parent. It's also good for our church family, our spiritual family. We have to be willing to accept the criticism and accept discipline and accept correction. And we also have to be willing to give it. You can give it. It's okay. The Bible says it's okay. Um, and so 
it's 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 good. It it, it builds us up. Um, if we didn't di discipline and correct our kids, well, that'd be problems. But also too, they're gonna grow up without grow up without wisdom. That right there is saying you grow up to be wise as you accept criticism and or as you accept correction. So I want wisdom. Um, and so we need to learn to walk in a place where we're willing to accept, you know, correction and whatnot. Okay. Family is commitment and follow through. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say that you're going to unlock the church at 9.15, do it. As I just unlocked it because I told Tara I'd be here at 9.15 and unlock the church and I'm going to do that. Um, if you, I just think that a lot of us are, are, are kind of bad about like flippant vows. Like for example, like, Hey, you run into somebody at Carver. Hey, let's get together next week. You just made a vow. Let's get together next week. And then you never follow through with it. That's not it. That's not what Jesus looks like. That's not what family looks like. You know, so if you're saying you're going to do something, you do it. If you say that you're going to um, meet with a teenager, meet with a teenager. If you say that you're going to have something done for someone, and you need to do it. You know, you know. And that's like in your family, we have kids. I mean, I bet a lot of us were raised with parents, maybe, who were like, oh, I'm going to spank you if you do that again, and then you were able to do it like 20 more times and never got spanked. Yeah. It's the same thing, the same parallel. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up here. Family is love. In 1 John 5, 1 through 12, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children, too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commandments. And so it's, just, it's about love. It's about representing Jesus well. And Jake Hamilton, um, we were at the ramp one year, and he was prophetically singing, and he says, this army, he was talking about raising up an army, he said, this army looks like a family, which is what we saw in Revelation, right? Brothers, it was mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, all walking free. And so ultimately, we want a family that's walking in freedom, and, and that's what heaven is, and in unity, and we're going to see major breakthrough happen. So I'm excited. I, I just ponder, like, pray on this through the week, and ask God to reveal, like, what pieces, like, I'm sure when I'm speaking, you're like, yep, yep, like, that's me. Um, and so I just, like, through the week, just let God just, like, really just, like, stir that up in you. But what I want to do right now is I want you to get with your family. Your natural family. Whoever's here in your family, get with them. Okay? So, go. Maybe some music, maybe. Well, let's just pray with family before the music on. Or maybe the computer can turn on some music. Um, but get with your natural family. Let's stand up, because I want you to, like, circle up together. And if you don't have anyone here, go get with a family who you're close to, or find a, find a family. So get with your natural family first. And um, so here's what you're going to do. Is everybody with the family? The family. You know that? Is that a Sprint commercial? The family? The friends and family plan? Okay, so go with your family. And uh, here's what we're going to do first. The first thing I want you to do with your natural families is I, I just want you just to, let's just get forgiveness. Whatever that looks like. If you know that you've hurt someone in your family, Ask forgiveness. Go to them. If you have a hurt by someone in your family, get it out. Okay? So we're just going to spend just a couple, maybe 30 seconds here, just forgiveness. And then we're going to, I want you to pray forgiveness for each other, over each other, whatnot. So go.
the forgiveness thing. Across the 